Hi, everyone. I'm Wendy Myers, and welcome to the Myers Detox podcast. Uh, so today we have a great show. We have Bridget Danner on the show talking about toxic mold. And she also has a new book called The Ultimate Toxic Mold Recovery Guide. And we're going to be talking about everything related to mold, like what is toxic mold? Uh, what are the top supplements to address mold? What are some of the symptoms that you have when you potentially have mold toxicity, what that looks like. We'll go into depth on how toxins or toxic mold affects your hormones, how it can affect weight gain. We talk about where mold can grow in your home, what to look for, how to test for mold, just everything related to mold. So if you're you know, concerned about your symptoms, you haven't been able to pinpoint what is going on with you, why you can't lose weight, why your hormones are out of whack, why you're doing everything right with your health, your diet, exercise, et cetera, and you're still having a lot of symptoms or even very severe symptoms, chronic fatigue, you want to listen up to the show. So our guest today, Bridget Danner, she was working as an acupuncturist in Portland, Oregon, when, when her health started to deteriorate. And she learned a lot. She tried a lot of things, even completed a functional health coaching program in an effort to heal herself. And although, you know, several things, you know, kind of helped, nothing helped completely. And she hit rock bottom in 2014. And soon after she discovered toxic mold in her hundred year old home and began the long journey of home and body repair from toxic mold. And uh, Bridget got into the natural medicine field in 2000 and as a young environmentalist, and she practiced as an acupuncturist and integrative clinic owner for 13 years performing over 10,000 sessions with clients before transitioning into the online space as a functional health coach and educator. And she loves to teach people about everything related to detox, functional living, and toxic mold illness at her website, bridgetdanner.com. And she's also the founder of a line of detox supplements called Functional Detox Products. And her Instagram is at Bridget underscore Danner. And like I said, you can learn more about Bridget and her functional detox products at BridgetDanner.com. Bridget, thank you so much for joining us. Hi, Wendy. Happy to be here. Yes. Well, I wanted to have you come on and talk about your new book, uh, which is on mold. Uh, Because I think it's a really big problem that a lot of people really aren't made aware of if they go into their doctor with symptoms and it's it's a huge problem. My mold is everywhere and people are reacting to it. So let's talk a little bit about how you got into mold and why you're so passionate about, you know, educating people about this issue. Yeah, it's funny. I, I feel like it's so full circle for me. So I got into natural medicine because I was like an environmentalist from a young age. And I was like, do I want to be an environmental lawyer? Like what, what do I want to do in the world to make an impact? And I ended up going into natural medicine and I always thought, well, I'll have someday, you know, when you're fantasizing as a student, I'm like, someday I'll have a clinic and I'll also like teach classes about like, recycling and protecting the environment. And then I moved to Portland, Oregon, which is already very aware of all those things, which is fantastic. And I basically was doing my Chinese medicine practice and, you know, learning about the body and all that. And then meanwhile, I unwittingly moved into a moldy home. Um, and I didn't, did not know, but just was collecting more and more symptoms was really working on my health. Um, you know, really cooking whole foods. I went gluten-free. I was doing all these things. My health was still just up and down, up and down. And then it just really hit a bad low point when I felt like nothing was working. Like detox wasn't working. IV therapy wasn't working. Just nothing was working. And finally, uh, a naturopathic clinic asked me 
is anything changed in your home? And that was the first time the possibility of mold was discussed. We did have this musty basement and it had recently had some water intrusion, like just a little bit, like nothing I even really thought about until they asked. So I went home and mentioned it to my husband at the time. And he was like, yeah, I think, I think we should test, you know, I've always kind of wondered. And that just opened up this whole Pandora's box of issues with the house. And actually my symptoms got worse because we didn't handle the house correctly. Um, my symptoms like at my worst, just to kind of highlight, like my eye was twitching all the time. My short-term memory was gone. I was like losing things. Um, and I really, probably my scariest moment was I was so tired that I would just like fantasize about not waking up in the morning. I just like, couldn't imagine having to go through another day. So, you know, these mold stories can be really dramatic, um, but it's so important to uncover that source. Cause you're just going to get sicker and sicker. Uh, but the good news is you can really also restore your health. You, you know, I'm sure you've seen it too, with your clients, Wendy, like you can have all these diagnoses and all this stuff going on, but if, you know, if you stick with it, you can really turn around your health, which is the good news. Yeah. And you know, mold is, it's everywhere, you know? And so uh, a lot of people have mold in their home. Not everyone reacts to it. A lot of people have mold in their environment. They live in humid environments, but what is the difference between someone who reacts to it and someone that doesn't? So there's a lot of factors. I think it gets a little oversimplified to genetics and especially one gene has been talked about a lot, but there's actually many genes involved in detoxification, like how well you methylate. And there's one gene, the HLA-DR, that it, it helps you tag mycotoxins. But again, it's just one component. You know, I've seen people with the gene or without the gene, You either one can be affected. Uh, it's also just length of time of the exposure, uh, amount of the mold, uh, underlying health conditions, underlying stress, EMF factors in the home, you know, other toxins in the home. So it can be kind of that, that bucket theory. It's like you can only take so much, your body systems can only handle so much, and then it's going to start misfiring. Also, you know, our bile tends to recycle. And so mycotoxins can from mold can just recycle right back in, which is why I see some clients who've been out of a moldy home for a few years. They're still testing positive. You know, they're just kind of hanging out in there recirculating. Yeah. And, and how does that work? So you get exposed uh, to a, a moldy environment. So you're, you can also be staying at someone's home or a hotel room. I mean, I've been knocked out by mold in a, a hotel room for sure. And, and so the, the mold colonizes, the spores colonize, uh, and how do you address it at that point? I know it depends on the type of mold, but what's going on with that? Yeah, they can't, you know, they just like a moist environment. So potentially they can colonize in your sinuses, uh, your gut for sure. It's really speculated that they can be kind of everywhere, like your lung, like even like into bone, which is crazy. And that may be more the toxins and the spores. I'm probably not as much of an expert on colonization, but I am definitely an expert on like different ways to irrigate your sinuses and different treatments for your gut. I think some of the testing isn't as conclusive on colonization. There is, it is more conclusive on just whether or not you have mycotoxins, but like, for instance, I test the gut and there's some markers on the oat test that supposedly indicate if you have colonization. And in my clients, I never see it 
However, our friend Evan Brand, he's like, I see it constantly. So I don't know why that is. I think we just, you know, proceed with, you know, our best treatments that we know for mold. But yeah, it basically, I think it's partly that colonization and partly just that bile recycling, like things just aren't exiting, which is why it's a good idea to use binders like, like you do, Wendy. Um, I, I was shocked the first couple of times I saw this, so there wasn't a recent exposure, but there was, there was still mycotoxins. So it, it goes to show that unfortunately, sometimes the body cannot deal with it on its own. Maybe for some people it does, you know, some people just, you know, take some time, take a year out in nature and then their labs would be clear. Um, but other people, it, it doesn't seem to clear so well without actual intervention. And so the mycotoxins are like a mold poop. It's like the toxins yes. that the molds are releasing <laughs> and their kind of their metabolism and their life cycle. And some people just, they just can't metabolize it. They can't get rid of it. So what, what kind of tests uh, do you do for molds? How do you find out what type of mold you have? So we use a urine test. I think most, I think there, there are a couple different kinds of blood tests, but I think the most popular tests are urine tests, which make it nice because you can do it at home. Um, they, you know, there are, they're usually a test for the actual mycotoxins. Um, there are, I think there's some like more like blood tests for like mold allergies. Uh, I like the mycotoxin test. They, they will put, you know, do some categories of mycotoxins or categories of mold that they can't come from. Uh, I do encourage people not to like dwell on the type too much because one urine sample is one sample and you, if you took, you know, a sample every day for a month, you're probably going to see different things come up and molds have their own life cycles too in the home and maybe even potentially in your body. So things are going to, you know, urine is just a waste product. And so it's going to show different things, but I, I like to see it as a practitioner. Cause I, if I know, okay, you have mycotoxins in your body, yes, they could be contributing to your symptoms. Like let's go from there and see how you respond. And so what are those symptoms that you mentioned some of them, um, but what are some other symptoms that people, you know, might help people connect their, their symptoms with potentially being mold toxic? Yeah. I mean, there's so many, that's why I always in functional medicine, it's the heart tough because things can overlap, but I would say brain fog and fatigue are the top two. I would see followed by a giant smorgasbord of other things. So this could be skin rashes, ADHD, rage, depression, anxiety, weight gain. Uh, I mentioned to you before we came on, even things like PMS, erectile dysfunction, it can really affect your hormones. Food sensitivities are a big one that came up a lot on our masterclass, like just constantly feeling like you don't tolerate foods and you're always working on your gut. Mold is so disruptive of the gut. So even just chronic gut stuff that you can't seem to get rid of, I would look for mold. Yeah. And let's go end up on hormones. But I think this is something that hasn't really been touched on or it hasn't really been talked about a lot, but how, how does mold interfere in your hormones and your hormone balance? Yeah. So a lot of ways, and this was like a big light bulb that came on for me in my own story. So, and I think this part is fascinating. So a lot of it is inhaling, right? We're breathing in what's in the air and that information goes right to the brain, right? So it's like sensory information. Plus it can contain these mycotoxins that can travel basically anywhere. They can cross through cell membranes. They could go into your brain. They break down the blood brain barrier. 
So they go right in there and they mess up your limbic system and your brain, which we can talk about, but also right there is your hypothalamus pituitary axis, which becomes inflamed and now it's can't work correctly. So one thing that can happen in your hormones is low production, which I think was happening to me. So I just had, you know, upon testing very low levels of hormones, and that's why it was having this breakthrough bleeding. Uh, but mold can also be estrogenic, like other toxins. So for uh, other women, I think it just depends on your, uh, or men, it just depends not probably on your own genetics and the way your body responds. You can be showing kind of signs of hyperestrogen, which can make you gain weight, you know, having breast tenderness, having clotty periods, and then fat tissue also can make more estrogen. So you could potentially become very estrogen dominant. Then your gut's disrupted. So now your strobilone is disrupted. So there's another way you cannot be detoxing estrogen correctly or other things. And then cells are inflamed. So hormone messages aren't getting, you know, received into the cell. Potentially the liver is burdened, which is another way we're trying to detox hormones. It's just such like a long list. Uh, Thyroid is very sensitive to mold. There's a lot of cases with Hashimoto's related. Um, so I, I, that's kind of one of my little campaigns lately is like, I think a lot of these chronic hormonal problems could be, have a mold cause and people unfortunately aren't really looking for it. Yeah. And let's talk about weight gain also, because that's something a lot of people struggle with a lot of women struggle with. And, and the last thing they would be thinking of is, is mold. So talk about that. Yeah. You know, some people report like very sudden weight gain, or very stubborn. I, I have a friend and I think it's a friend of yours as well. I won't, I won't list her name, but you know, she was doing a lot of things right with health, healthy diet and everything, but she gained like 40, 50 pounds, like couldn't take it off, you know? And I know a lot of people have a similar story that, but that was, I always say, and you probably agree when it's like, if you feel like you're doing all these things and it's not working, like think about toxins because they could be playing a part. So, so for one thing, right. Our body can store toxins. It doesn't is not able to deal with. So that can make for extra weight. It can affect your insulin reception. As I said earlier, it can inflame those cells. So you can become kind of insulin resistant. It affects your leptin and ghrelin. I I always forget. I think is leptin the one that makes you feel full. Yeah. Ghrelin is the one that makes you want to eat. Okay. I think (laughs) it affects the leptin more. So it just doesn't like, it can potentially make you not feel full. So that's one more way. And then I think for me, when I look back on my story, like I was just so exhausted that I was turning to like carbs more just for like, you need that quick hit of energy. So luckily I was already like a health coach. I didn't go that overboard, but you know, there's one more way you could be, you know, just craving carbs for, for energy, but then you're not burning them as well. Plus you don't have the energy to exercise. So there's like a lot of ways that it could affect your weight. It could also go the other way because you could be, your brain is inflamed. So you're nauseous and you don't have an appetite and you have all these food sensitivities. So, you know, I think could go either way potentially. Okay, great. And so let's talk about some of the kind of the solutions, like, so what are some of the, uh, the ways that you can address the mold in your body? 
um, and also in your home. We'll talk about that in a minute. Let's talk about how to address it in your body first. Yeah. You know, I've learned enough about the home because I know people are always going to have questions and it is important, but my personal specialty is more in the body. Um, for me, when I was at my sickest, what helped me the most were mostly things that moved lymph and just facilitated that detox. Uh, so I loved doing sauna and dry brushing were kind of the two things I did fairly consistently first. And then later I learned coffee enema and I started doing that and that helped me a ton. I like using a rebounder. I got lymphatic massage. There's just really ex still getting some exercise, even if it's just walking outside is really important. And that would help me. I'm a big fan of just getting outside for your health in general. Uh, Epsom salt baths, you can do red light therapy. You can do cryotherapy. Uh, I, I, ha I owned an oxygen chamber for a year. I was experimenting with that. Uh, mouth taping, something I found really helpful in my particular case. So I put like 30 different, I think I had to cut some of them, but I, I put a lot of techniques in my book because I really believe in like physical medicine and, and especially in the world of detox, I think it helps a ton. I'm sure you've had the same experience, right, Wendy? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You have to have to throw everything at it. You can every solution possible. Um, and yeah. so, and so to, what about some of the supplements? Like what are some of the top supplements that people can take to address mold? Yeah. So for the sake of organizing a book, I had to kind of pick some favorites, you know, there's so many supplements out there, but uh, I decided my top five were uh, binders, which we discussed a bit, electrolytes, broccoli, seed and sprout, CoQ10 and glutathione. Okay, great. And, and then can you talk about each one of those kind of just briefly? Like, so what kind of binder uh, should people take for mold? What's most effective? Yeah. So, so there's been some interesting research around certain things that bind certain um, mycotoxins, which is interesting, but a little like testing the body. I mean, I think it's kind of cool to use one that matches your mycotoxin but, you know, keep in mind that you could have other ones that just haven't come up on a test. So either binder rotation or a blended binder, I think are usually the best approach. Some binders you may not tolerate that well and others you tolerate very well. So I think you've got one, Wendy, that's a pectin, that's more gentle. It's a single ingredient. If you're very supplement sensitive, you might want to do something like that. Uh, we use a lot of a combo binder that's just got a lot of different binders. So it's kind of catching a lot of things, potentially heavy metals and chemicals and mold toxins. So some examples of binders are, are charcoal, zeolite, fulvic and humic acid, chlorella. There's even things that are binders that are, are yeast like Saccharomyces boulardii, immunoglobulins can bind mold toxins. The problem is you can't always use all those things together because something like charcoal is going to bind up something like a yeast. So again, you could rotate. Um, so I think that's, a, it's still a really exciting area. I think there's still a lot to be learned about binders and ways to bind. And, and luckily if you are supplement sensitive, this gives you more options. So that's binders. Any questions on that one? No, no, I got <laughs> okay, it. Okay, I'll keep going. Um, electrolytes are because one reason is because when you have mold toxicity, you tend to make less antidiuretic hormone, which means you pee more often. So one of the 
I don't know. I don't see it that much, but getting shocked a lot is apparently one symptom. Um, your electrolyte balance is off and then hopefully you're using the sauna a lot and just trying to stay hydrated to detox. So, uh, we designed an electrolyte kind of to fill I would a bit of a gap in the market. You know, there aren't that many clean, nice functional electrolytes. Uh, so I think that's a, it's just a nice supportive thing. I had a lot of leg cramps in my journey too, and it helps with that, uh, glutathione. So not everyone's going to tolerate it, but it is an important antioxidant. It's going to get depleted by that constant toxic load. Um, so there's different types of glutathione. There's plenty of debate about it, <laughs> just like in, in the health world. Um, so there's liposomal, there's like micro ionized. We sell one that's, uh, like an S acetyl form that can survive the gut better. You can use NAC, which is a precursor to glutathione. So I usually say, just do what's like high quality and that works for your body. And then broccoli seed and sprout. Actually, that um, that sulfur pass pathway in the liver really supports my mycotoxin detox, which I actually didn't always know. I was already selling broccoli seeds throughout, just because it's a great detoxifier of chemicals and stuff. And then I found out it's also really potent for mycotoxins. So um, that's a cool one. CoQ10 is something that helped me a lot with energy. So it helps at like the cellular level. And it actually also protects glutathione a bit. It can kind of do a double job of protecting for some oxidation. So it can kind of protect your glutathione reserves. Uh, but I remember trying that at a time where I was a little beat down about my progress. And I was like, oh, wait, actually that month on CoQ10 really did help me. Did I cover all of them? I think so. <laughs> right. Yeah. And what about the home? So, you know, a lot of people have mold in their bathroom. They have mold in their walls. Uh, explain a little bit like how mold forms in the home and what people need to be kind of like looking out for. Yeah. I mean, so some basics, whether you're an owner or a renter is to look for signs of like water damage on floorboards, little tiny signs of mold, like on went around windowsills, around bathtubs, look for signs of water damage, like in the sink plumbing, maintain your stuff, you know, unfortunately, and I was the same kind of homeowner, like, you know, the, like the hose that goes from the washing machine to the wall is going to fail eventually. And we never think about like maintaining it or changing it. But if that blows and you're not home, now you have a water issue uh, and if a flood, and if you don't fix it properly within 48 hours, you can potentially have a mold pro problem. So I've been encouraging people, even if they think this topic is a little off, like learn to become a good steward of your home. Cause you're putting all this time into learning about your health, but are you checking if your gutters are clogged and draining correctly? Are you checking your humidity levels in the home? That's important too, especially if you're in a human place, we did not run a humidifier in that basement and we should have been the entire time. Humidity was too high down there. It was perfect location for mold to grow. Sometimes you can see like a little film that doesn't quite look like dust 
on things. So that's something you can look for, especially if it's, you know, in a closet, in a basement, in a garage, like, is there kind of stuff growing? So yeah, you can do like get a humidity meter and then run a dehumidifier if necessary. Don't overstuff closets, um, open windows. I'm luckily in Arizona, so I can open windows a lot, um, but a lot of people just don't, right? Keep your house clean. Uh, things collect in dust. So, you know, wet mop, t- vacuum with a HEPA filter. Uh, you really want your home to be the sanctuary of health, obviously. And some of these things are so simple, like change the filter in your HVAC system. So usually every one to three months, I bought like a one that you can rinse and, and put back in. Um, yeah, that's one that people don't think about. You know, no. they don't, they don't think about the, the filter that's blowing air and all kinds of things that can be growing mold in it and just blowing those spores all throughout their home. Yeah. Yeah. It's real gross. And there's different things you can potentially buy like a air exchange thing to put in. I'm not as familiar on all of those techniques, um, but I've become more familiar on just some of the, the basics. Uh, so if you're thinking of buying a home, you know, renting a new home, these are some good things to check for. How, how, when, how's your roof? Have you checked on that at all? Is it leaking at all? Does it need to be maintained? Those aren't things we love to spend money on. They're not very fun, but if you get a leak in your attic that goes on and on, and now you've got a big mold problem in your home, you've compromised all your clothing, all your books, all your things. So those mycotoxins you talked about, the poop, those just go on to things and stay there. So it becomes very difficult to try to save those things, especially if you've been sick. And now there's like these enzymes and shampoos and stuff and ozone and people, I think get a little overly optimistic that they can save their stuff. And it's just really risky. I find like we didn't save anything. I have like two tubs of photos and papers from my old life. That's it. So I feel like since I went through, you know, that huge expense and that huge loss, I in a better place to say, yeah, you need to do it. I know how hard it is. I know it sucks. Um, but if, if you've gotten quite sick or someone in your family's got quite sick, unfortunately you have to be incredibly careful with what you take forward to a new space. Yeah. So, so you can't just, you know, remediate your home and then wipe down your furniture no. and wash your clothes. So you have to just get rid of everything and start fresh. I mean, generally I'm not in every home to say, you know, it could be that some people just have a small issue in the bathroom and they can seal it and run the air scrubber, have a proper person come out and maybe it doesn't get everywhere. But I I guess I can speak to if you've got a wider problem and you're sick, the chances are you have ruined your stuff. So I think it is a little case by case, but I want people to err on the side of being really cautious because you sometimes won't, we did this too. We moved into a temporary place and we only brought like a little bit of stuff, you know, clothes, computers, toys, and we ruined that place, like ruined, you know, so you, you know, I say, I say you pay now or you pay later in the mold arena. So it's better to be really cautious and see one thing you can do is you can take some valuables and put them in a storage unit. And if you're like, I really don't want to get rid of X, Y, and Z. Okay. Put them away for three to six months, work on your health, 
then go back to that storage unit and see how you feel. And you can be the judge, but I can tell you when I went back, it was like instant mold rage. Like that was my worst episode ever of mold rage is how I felt when I went back to that storage unit. So we got rid of everything in there. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. And and I I have a friend of mine that does mold testing. He designed a mold test and he was saying that for him, he's so mold sensitive that he can't live in any home or apartment that's more than a couple of years old because uh-huh. that, you know, he needs to live in a place that has new building materials and that, you know, just hasn't had an opportunity to, to grow mold. Yeah. That's too bad. Yeah. I mean, I, well, and I, one thing I learned on this masterclass we did is some of the ways that the limbic system is affected by, you know, having dealt with a, a threat before. And so when you come in contact with another threat, whether it's real or minor, the body can maybe react quite strongly. So it's not imagination. It's just a reaction. It's a protection. Uh, so one thing spoken about now more in the mold community is how do we calm down that limbic system so that you can like walk through a target or, you know, you can stay in a, in a hotel. Cause you know, you don't want to be stuck just at home the rest of your life. Yeah. 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 Well, uh, anything else that you want to add to this conversation that maybe we haven't uh, touched on, but why don't we talk about your book? Oh, sure. I have a picture of it. I don't have the real book yet. <laughs> this is a picture though. <laughs> um, and it'll be on Amazon and we have audio and ebook and paperback. So oh, great. And then what's yeah. the, the, the ultimate, the, the ultimate, ultimate toxic mold re- recovery guide, take back your health, home and life. Maybe I'll mention the life part, which is, you know, this is a big thing to take on and it's challenges you and it's going to be a lot of change. And most of us resist change, but you can approach it in such a way that it's a little more graceful. It's a little less stressful and that you can use the change to like piggyback into something you want more. So I, I speak about that in the book and I hope that really, I mean, honestly, like I hope the book helps people in a lot of ways. We go over the home, we go over treatment protocols, everything, but the part about like changing your life is probably the part I'm most excited about. Cause that's like, to me, like the biggest win that can come out of this. And it's hard when you're in like the deepest load to think something really beautiful is going to come out of it. But I think in your life too, when you've seen like times where you're like, Oh crap, like I wasn't expecting this, this sucks. And then you look back a year or two later and you're like, I'm so glad that happened. Like my life is so much better now. So I really want to kind of handhold people through that. And to know, like, especially if you're brave enough to take some risks and and really lean into the change, this can be a really awesome thing for you. That's fantastic. Yeah. And so do you think that people that um, are very mold sensitive, that they need to maybe not live in humid environments? Because I know I live in Mexico I live in the jungle. It's very, as you can see back here, there's jungle on the other side of me. So it's very, very humid here. Uh, it doesn't bother me, but for someone who's uh, maybe they don't have favorable, favorable genetics, so they're not well, uh, that they have mold toxicity and illness that they just wouldn't be able to tolerate this environment. Should they be moving to the desert? You know, 
I think it depends. And I think health changes, right? So, you know, I live in the desert now and that was a perfect fit for me at the time. I'm actually going to go to Florida and actually hopefully visit you here this spring. And I'm interested to see how I'll go. Partly it's just, I'm not used to the humidity anymore. Anybody who's from the desert gets a little freaked out to go to Florida. It's the air is so thick. Um, and partly I think I could be, have a little allergy and histamine issues, which is something I, it's kind of increased for me with mold, but I keep, I keep working on all this stuff. I keep working on my histamine sensitivity. I, you know, I work on my stress and my limbic system. So I'd like to think I really could live anywhere as the stronger and stronger I get. I would be careful if I lived in Florida. I don't know if I'd really move to Florida, but in theory, I would be very careful about what home I built, um, the humidity level in the home. That state is just more prone to storms and stuff, which makes me a little nervous. But yeah, I think, you know, yeah, you can potentially live anywhere. It's just a matter of becoming resilient and again, enough to do so. Yeah. And you need a giant humidifier in your house too. <laughs> Giant dehumidifier. De- dehumidifier. Sorry, sorry. Yes. Thank you for correcting on that. <laughs> well, everyone, thanks so much for joining us on the Meyer Tea Talks podcast. So Bridget Danners, uh, you'll do, go grab her new book on Amazon, The Ultimate Mold. It's mold, Ultimate Mold. I know it's a handful. But all, I put it wrong the ultimate first time I put it. Toxic Mold Recovery Guide. <laughs> got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. So. Everyone, thanks for tuning in. And I just thanks so much also for tuning in every week. It's just such a pleasure to do this show for you guys and educate you on all these different topics on how to get your life back, how to restore your health. There's there's a lot to it. So we have there's a lot of topics we need to cover to, you know, to check off your list what could possibly be, you know, aggravating your health issues. So thanks for tuning in. I'm Wendy Myers of MyersDetox.com. And I'll talk to you guys next week very soon. The Myers Detox Podcast is created and hosted by Wendy Myers. This podcast is for information purposes only. Statements and views expressed on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Wendy Myers and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. Individuals on this podcast may have direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.